Hey, what's up? My name's Ben. I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. And we are a little bit late. We're one day late. 24 hours. That's 24 not too hours. bad. That's it. I mean, generally, we're on time every time. We are. Every Tuesday, every yeah. morning. Yeah. But uh, I needed a little extra research time for this case. Totally fair. Oh, this case took a lot of wind out of me. Yeah, you have me a bit worried. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to do it justice. And I mean, you could research this case for days and weeks on end, but um, had to stop at some point. The one extra day is is where I'm calling it. I feel like that's the case for a lot of them, though. Oh, that's true. That's I, I mean, because like, there's always books and stuff that you find out once you've already started and yep. then it's kind of too late to read a whole book. Um. But you just got to draw the line. That's true. There's there, always a line. You got to draw it. And there are books for this case. There are movies for this case. There are documentaries for this case. Mm. Um, many of them I want to check out after actually doing this episode. Yeah. But, well done. Pour on that beer. Uh, thank you. Uh, I think I did. There's a little bit too much head on it. Oh, is there? But, um, oh, I thought it looked pretty good. I appreciate it. And you were still able to hold a conversation. So I was a little impressed. Thank you. I appreciate the condolences for my my good deed. Good work. Thank you. Um, we got patrons to thank. We sure do. And uh, I'm going to cheers my my beer to the two patrons we have this week. Thank you very much to Sophie Howarth. And I am going to butcher this name, but Shiria McCray, I think. Shiria. Shiria or Shiria. It's hard to say. I, maybe it's Shiria. I don't know, but I I think it's Shiria. It's a glorious name either way. It's beautiful. Yeah. So thank you for both of those people who signed up for Patreon. We are up to, what are we at? 122 patrons now. Yeah. Over there amazing. supporting us. So thank you to every single one of you. You guys are yeah, incredible. Um, we're doing a little bit of a thank you for our patrons and we haven't said anything yet about it either. You ready to say it? Do you know? You don't even know what I'm talking about, do you? I actually don't know if I do. You're it like, was your idea. Shit. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you got it? You sure? Yeah. I saw the light bulb. Ding. It was my idea. I just totally forgot. Okay. Well, it's relating to the merch. Yeah. Right? So we're dropping new merch. Yes. In this week, in a couple days, we three have designs, right? three new designs mm -hmm. for merch, all colored designs this time because previously they've all been black and white. So we got three color designs heading up your guys' way. All done by you? All done by Yours truly, Mr. Mm -hmm. Ben. And uh, what are we doing for our patrons? Uh, we're giving them a discount code for merch. Yeah, we are. So Which if you guys want to uh, hit up a discount code on our new merch and existing merch. And the existing, merch, yeah. I was like, it's, it can be used for any merch. Yeah, if you want to hit up a discount code over on Patreon, sign up for Patreon there, along with all the current Patreons, and you can get that discount code for whatever merch you want. And it's only going to last a short time, so maybe a week or so. And there you go. We post a lot more selfies on Patreon. We do. <laughs> Um, is that selling it i think that's selling maybe it. it's the selfies that do it <laughs> yeah it's all about the selfies for us <laughs> but if you guys want to uh, check out when the merch is dropping follow us on instagram and facebook we'll be posting it in the next couple days of course over on patreon as well and we'll let you guys know so mm -hmm. by next episode next tuesday it'll be live and it'll be live for the next few days after that well the merch will be live but the, the code will be redeemable for the next few days perfect so yeah i'm gonna use it <laughs> <laughs> i'm definitely using it there's some of the designs I did, I really want the uh, skeleton one on a shirt. Oh, I'm definitely getting the, um, it would be a cassette player, right? The Walkman? The Walkman, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's oh, a dope man, one. Oh, man, 100%. 100%. So, Have you released all of them on Insta? 
Nope. I've released, I believe, one on Instagram, but I released all of them on Patreon. So all the patrons know what they are so far. Oh, yeah. okay. So they yeah, get the heads up on everything. They're very cool. I like the retro vibes. That's kind of what I was going for. Yeah. Well, and then there was that witchy one too, the witchy vibes. With like the the, oh, the hand yeah. and stuff. Oh, that one was super cool And the cool moon phases. So. Yeah. Oh, man. There's so much. So yeah. much goodness. So hit us up on Patreon and our social medias if you want to take a look at that. Um, we also want to ask you guys, we really appreciate all the support we've been getting from you. But one thing we want to ask, we are looking at getting some more ratings on Apple Podcasts specifically. So if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, we ask that you please give us a rating over there. I mean... We're going to ask five stars, but feel free to rate appropriately to what you think. Five um, stars. Five stars. Definitely five stars. <laughs> That's the only answer. And maybe type something positive for us or constructive so we can at least see what you think. Absolutely. Really appreciate it. Um, it does most, help. It does oh, very much so help. Tremendously. Mm-hmm. Uh, majority of our, our listeners are on Spotify. Um, if you want to rate on Spotify too, that would be great. Um, but we're really trying to boost our Apple podcast listeners. So those ratings over there definitely help us get that boost so we can get more people listening there. Yeah, we have very few Apple podcast listeners, don't we? Yeah, I believe. It's mostly Spotify. Oh, definitely. I think yeah. we're at 70% Spotify listeners Holy or something moly. Like that. Yeah. I'm mad at Spotify too. I don't know if I should be saying that. Why are you mad at Spotify? Because I don't know what the heck is happening, but all of a sudden all my like songs, oh, gone. Right. Gone. And I, think, I didn't have them in a playlist. So I'm just like, cool. I think your Spotify got hacked. I think someone else is accessing your Spotify and listening to tunes on it is what's I going know on. because all my like songs were gone and then I had these really weird because, okay, it was funny. I went on a drive and I was like, okay, I'm just going to play my like songs. And all of a sudden it was like this rap song and like something I would never listen to. And I was like, what the heck? You tried blaming me at first. Well, I was like, Ben, are these your songs? <laughs> You're like, nope. no. Definitely not. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, no, I still have Spotify, but I was like, um, excuse me. Yeah. Learn my lesson. There you go. So if you guys want to give us a rating and maybe give Spotify a rating on on their hacking Nicole's ability service, <laughs> maybe let them know that, too. <laughs> no, honestly. Yeah. If you could take like two seconds, to give us a review. That would be amazing It'd and so appreciated. Yes. All right. All that stuff being said. Are you ready to dive into today's case? No. No? I usually say I am, but today I don't know. I feel very, I have a heavy feeling on my chest. Yeah. Well, it's it's a very, very heavy case. So trigger warning on, uh, um, oh, pretty much all of it. Wow. Well, because you compared <laughs> this to like the other case we've done that just has tormented me to this day. So Yes. Um, the, this one is uh, primarily trigger warning uh, for abuse. So forewarning for that. Hmm. Okay. Thank you for the trigger warning. And I also want to give a shout out to Dana Slater, a friend of ours here. Uh, She actually put me onto this case. I can't believe I've never heard of it before. I mean, I have heard the name. I I knew the name and I knew that there was um, uh, an abuse case surrounding it. But that's the extent that I knew. But I never knew what was involved in it. And holy shit, Dana, you sent me on one hell of a research. So... I don't know if I should say thank you, but uh, (laughs) definitely shout out to you for doing that. Yeah, it's amazing, actually, how many of the requests that we get that I have never heard of. Oh, I know. Wow. And it's so crazy because it's like, oh, we've never heard of this case. Oh, this case seems like it's so unknown. And then it's like everyone on our Patreon and Instagram and Facebook's (laughs) like, oh, I know that case. And we're like, what? I know. I feel like they just they know way more true crime cases than us. You guys are way smarter than us. You guys are just awesome. So. So this is the case of Sylvia Likings. Wow. 
Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Okay, that name does sound familiar to me, but I, I can't say I know anything well, about you're, it. Well, you're, you're about to... I'm to about to learn. Lot. You're about to learn way too much. Okay. 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 Here we go. So Sylvia Marie Likens was born on January 3rd. Um, why don't I have the year in here? <laughs> First mistake. <laughs> One sec. Okay. I know I made the mistake because I took out um, uh, her the day of her, her death. And I accidentally deleted her, her birth year as well. Yep, that's a fair uh, mistake. Yeah. So I didn't want to give that away right away. But she was born January 3rd, 1949. Okay. So, yeah. we're Some we're, time ago. We're heading back to the 50s for this case. So she was the third born out of five children born to Lester Cecil Likens and Elizabeth, Elizabeth or Betty Francis. Sylvia was a middle child who was born between two sets of fraternal twins. Oh, wow. Also known as non-identical twins. Huh. So, so yeah, I can imagine that would have been uh, an interesting household. Yeah, very up. busy. I also feel like that would be kind of sad. Sad? Why well, sad? I don't know. All, both of her siblings have this like twin that they're probably like really close to and then it's just her. Oh, well, maybe, I guess. I don't know. I just feel like that could almost make you feel left out. Maybe. Well, her older siblings being Daniel and Diana, who were two years older, and her younger siblings, Benny and Jenny, who were one year younger. Benny and Jenny? Benny and Jenny. Love. Little ditty about Benny and Jenny. Love that. Right? So Jenny was a bit different, though. Uh, She was a bit different than the others as she ended up suffering from polio when she was younger, which affects her nervous system. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And it caused her to have one of her legs weaker than the other. And because of this, uh, her weaker leg gave her a noticeable limp Mm -hmm. and she ended up having to wear a brace to improve her walking ability. Oh, poor thing. Yeah. Now, Lester and Elizabeth loved their kids and their family. However, their lifestyle didn't leave much for a stable family lifestyle. Together, the two of them were carnival workers. They would travel around Indiana selling candy and drinks at carnivals at a concession stand, making their living. Now, a traveling life put a lot of strain on their kids and their ability to function and support five children. That's a lot of children. Yes. So understandably. So to help out with the family, Lester and Elizabeth's son would travel to carnivals alongside their parents to help out of the job and even earn more of an income. And a job and a lifestyle that the couple didn't want to subject their children to if they didn't have to. So Sylvia and Jenny or discouraged from joining them in the carnival life. While Diana, um, I'm not too sure about her younger years. She wasn't mentioned too much in this. I'm sure she was discouraged as well while the boys were out. Um, But Diana eventually uh, would move out and get married and stuff on her own. So she generally wasn't involved in a lot of this when she was kind of of age. Because she's the older... She's the older daughter. Oldest daughter. Yeah. So the hopes was that they would earn a good education sort of thing and go further in life rather than just having to work a carnival life. Mm-hmm. You know, get out of the carnival industry, live in a safer safer environment sort of thing. So while their parents and siblings were on the road, both sisters 
uh, generally and frequently stayed with their relatives until you know, family returned. In their teenage years, Sylvia began growing into a caring young woman, even though she was taking to the road with her parents, uh, or sorry, even though she wasn't taking to the road with her parents, she would earn money when she could with babysitting, running errands, and doing chores for friends and neighbors. Money that she would happily share with her parents to help out. Oh, what a gem, eh? Right? That's awesome. It's just like that little heart of gold situation, you know? Well, yeah, that's so terrific because I just feel like any money I would have made it as a kid, like babysitting was like mine. <laughs> you hoard it. Which like is a, so, like, like, like makes a dragon me feel like a terrible person. <laughs> No, I, I totally get that. It's like, no, this is my money. I earned it. Earn your own, bitch. <laughs> I know, I totally get but it. that's so, like, obviously she's a better person than us. Yeah. Well, I mean, generally, once you hit lower income families, I think there's a lot more of that, like, sharing that's sort true. of sense. So, yeah, that's which, really true. Which is really heartwarming to see. Uh, now, Sylvia was a confident and lively girl with long, wavy, light brown hair flowing below her shoulders. She was beautiful, but would never smile showing her teeth. And it was always with her mouth closed because she was missing a, to a front tooth. It was knocked out by an accident with her brother when they were roughhousing his kids. Oh, okay. So, so she loved music and she loved listening to the Beatles in particular. But Sylvia was particularly fond of her family. But because of how sweet she was, she had earned the nickname Cookie from her friends and family. Cookie? Cookie. Oh my God. Gosh, that's adorable. Yeah. Uh, now, she was particularly fond of her family, like I said, but more specific, her younger sister, Jenny. Now, Jenny was the one who had suffered from polio. Right. Okay. Now, Jenny had grown a bit timid and insecure due, her, during, or sorry, due to her weak leg, mm -hmm. but Sylvia didn't like to see her sister down like that. Um, so, on occasions, the two of them would do things like go out to a local skating rink and Sylvia would hold Jenny's hand and help her skate along the rink while she stood on her strong foot. Oh my gosh. I just feel like you're just describing this perfect person and I'm not going to be happy about something. Oh, you are not going to be happy about something. Because Sylvia just sounds perfect. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yep. That's, oh, um, okay. That's all I got to say about that so far. Okay. So by June of 1965... Two girls were basically kidnapped by their mother in Indiana, uh, Indianapolis. Now, I don't want to put too much stress on the word kidnapped. Just, just. Well, yeah, because I was like, what do you mean by that? Well, much of the family struggles and turmoil affected Lester and Elizabeth's relationship significantly. Now, like I said, they weren't, they weren't really kidnapped. They weren't in danger from their mother. She basically just like decided that she was going to take full custody on her own terms sort of thing. She's so, just like, okay, girls are mine. And she just like took off. So taking them from the dad kind yes, of thing. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, that sort of situation we see a lot today, even still, which is it's kind of sucks. But I mean, it's, it, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Now, Elizabeth, however, ended up being jailed uh, for shoplifting on July 3rd. And uh, it was clearly because of the struggles and financial situations and everything. So the next day, Lester ended up rolling into town after figuring out where his wife went with the kids. He began to look for his girls by giving descriptions of them. And Jenny, being fairly unique with her leg was fairly easy to find in the town and he was able to figure out where they were now at a local home of the this is a really weird name to say i've been struggling with it so much beniskis no yes beniskis okay I, said, I did say it right sorry right on 
So his daughters ended up making some friends with some local girls, um, Darlene and Paula. And so they went back to their home at 3850 East New York Street, where they drank sodas and listened to records. So okay. kind of just chilling, having a good time. Now, when Lester arrived, he spoke with the girl's mother, Gertrude Beniski. Now, the two struck up a conversation, and over the course of them talking, the idea of Gertrude taking in Sylvia and Jenny as boarders came up. Lester and Elizabeth had reconciled um, since he had been in town, and they were going to they decided they were going to travel the U.S. carnival circuit once she got out uh, um, on out of jail. And they needed a place for them to stay because the girls weren't going to be traveling with them. So what they had, the situation was Diana, the oldest, was now out on her own. The two brothers were staying with the grandparents and mm-hmm. they just needed a spot for the two girls now. And did they really know these people? No, they didn't. But the girls, it was like, what better place than a family home with the girls who had daughters already and they just made friends sort okay. of situation. I guess, yeah. So they discussed the details and arrangement was made for the girls to stay with Gertrude and Lester would send $20 per week for the girls for room and board. So, nice. I wonder if that would have been a lot back then. Um, it definitely would have been a good amount in this in, in 65. Yeah. We, we definitely could look up like inflation if you want. Well, yeah. Now, like what the heck would that buy you? Okay. One sec. We're going to pause it and look up inflation. Okay. So quick Google search tells me it's about 180 US dollars equivalent. Okay. So. Okay. It's a lot uh, of food. Definitely. Mm-hmm. A lot of food, you know, a nice bed, you know, yep, there and that, you go. that's per week. So Lester, however, missed out on one important thing. He didn't go inside Gertrude's home before leaving the girls to stay there. Oh, man. He did not know the conditions he was leaving his daughters to live in. See, okay. I was like, I kind of asked a question earlier and I'm like, oh, okay. I shouldn't be judging. Like maybe this is fine, but I just don't know if this is going to be fine. Why don't you think this is going to be fine? Well, I don't know. I'm just so skeptical of this whole case. I just like am waiting. Um, what do you mean he didn't go in the house? He didn't go in the house. Why he didn't not? Check it out. Go in the I'm house. Ju- I guess he didn't think he needed to. He didn't oh, have any so gut feeling trusting. about it. That's too trusting. Yeah, it was very trusting and uh, a very trusting decision mistake? that was going to turn into a very big mistake. Shit. Oh, okay. <sighs> you not, good? I'm not ready. No, you're not. I'm not ready, I don't think at all. No. Well, Gertrude's home was disgusting and had lacked basic necessities. Inside, there was no stove or microwave, only a single hot plate on the counter for cooking. The only things Gertrude kept in her pantry were things like bread and crackers. Uh, Most of the surfaces in the home were caked with thick layers of dirt and grime. There was only enough plates and eating utensils for three people. Now, utensils for three people may may not be much of an issue. You know, you know, just wash it, whatever. You got four or five people, sure. However, Gertrude had seven kids of her own and now is taking in two more. Oh, so wow. there's at least 10 people in the house. Okay, I didn't realize so. she... I thought, was thinking, okay, well, it's just the two girls and her, but no. no. She okay. had seven kids of her own. Uh, and finally, among all these conditions, there were only enough beds for about half the people in the house. The rest slept on the floors. They would actually rotate, you know, the girls like... I get the bed one night, you get it the next night, next night, so once Okay, that's not terrible. I'm honestly surprised that the girls wanted to even stay there then. I don't think it was so much the girls wanted to stay there. It was more of a just an opportunity 
arose. Dad didn't know anything about the inside. It's like, oh, sure. Yeah, stay here. And the girls are just like, um, okay. Oh, no. I mean, I don't know for sure, but that's what it seems like. Okay. So now I'm not going to get into Gertrude's backstory here, though, um, because, well, first off, fuck her. She's a bitch. And that's putting it lightly. So Gertrude is Gertrude. Okay, we don't like her at all. No. Okay. What I will say is she was a sickly frail woman uh, with sunken in eyes and had a skeletal appearance. Uh, I wanted, I do want to highlight sickly frail woman. She had many uh, different uh, undiagnosed uh, illnesses. Illnesses, thank you. Uh, she had very poor hygiene and was described as a haggard chain smoker. Fun. So, yeah, great. Now, thankfully, this plan was only a summer plan. It was only a summer arrangement that once Lester and Elizabeth would return from the carnival circuit, they would be picking up their two daughters in November. So that's a long time, though. It is. And he didn't go into the house. Sorry. I'm just like, what? He didn't go into the house. What? Okay. So once the girls moved in, they began settling into the family rather well, which is good. Uh, They attended Sunday school and eventually began going to high school as well. Uh, and just got along with the Beninsky kids as well. Uh, due to some household, they would do some household chores and they would even listen to like records and kind of chill, listening to their favorite music, drinking sodas once in a while, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't all that bad. Okay. I mean, shitty living conditions, but they were enjoying just, you know, kind of decent chill life for the first week. Now, aside from, like I said, the terrible living conditions, it was just life as normal until Lester had actually failed to deliver a $20 boarding check on the second week. Now this pissed Gertrude off. So she took it out on Sylvia and Jenny. She had the two of the girls bend over upstairs over the bed and drop their pants and she would spank them and beat their bare ass with a leather belt and shouted, quote, and this is right from the, the trial. I took care of you two little bitches for a week for nothing. Holy. Yeah. Wow. And the $20 for that week? Came what, like a day late probably? Came the next day. Holy shit. I'm pissed already. Yeah. Lester and Betty came into town the next day and delivered that check. They were just a day late. They came into town? Yeah, they came in. They delivered the check. Well, did the girls not be like, we need to get the shit out of here? No, they didn't. Oh my gosh, probably because they didn't want to be a burden to their parents. Yeah. This is terrible. Neither of the girls made any mention about the beatings. It could be presumably they didn't want to bother their parents. Or maybe they thought like it could be out of fear of Gertrude doing it again. Or maybe they thought it was an isolated incident. Who knows? But uh, for whatever reason, they didn't make any mention of it to their parents. Dang. Yeah. And... If it was out of fear, you know, thinking if we say something, you know, she could do something. So we'll just keep her mouth shut and may hopefully it's an isolated incident. Um, yeah, that wasn't any use. It wasn't an isolated incident. Uh, their silence didn't help. Actions had already been set in motion and Gertrude would begin her brutal treatment of the girls. Well, yeah, because I was th- I'm thinking this is just like that's the first red flag. Yeah. Um, before I go any further, I do want to point out that Gertrude never abused her own children. Mm Okay, I'm glad you said that. I was actually going to ask you. No, she never abused her children, never had a history of anything like that. What the heck? It was just probably too much. She should never have agreed to this. Yep. She's doing it for the money because she's feeding them on, what, crackers? Pretty much. And she's a chain smoker. 
And later in the trials, uh, she claimed to have been high for all this and doesn't remember anything. So right on. I know. Right. Uh, so the next week, Sylvia and Jenny uh, went through the neighborhood garbage. Uh, they went through the garbage, collecting, uh, recycling bottles, Coca-Cola bottles and stuff. Um, I remember as a kid, like doing soccer as a kid. Mm. And I'd go around the soccer fields when I wasn't playing, collecting cans off the sides and stuff. And, you know, you go turn it in, get some candy. It's exactly what these girls were doing. They're going through neighborhood garbage, finding bottles, collecting them. They go get their refund and they went out and bought candy. Now, when they came home with the candy, candy, Gertrude accused them of stealing it. And when Sylvia explained how they got in the candy, you know, by finding the recycling and going in and exchanging it, Gertrude accused her of lying and made her bend over the bed again. And as before, she beat her, but this time with a quarter inch paddle. Wow. For basically doing absolutely nothing yes. wrong, like a, nothing wrong. Yeah. A quarter inch thick paddle, I should say. Um, now, anything I said or anything I read, everyone says that it is a frat style paddle. I have no idea what that means. I don't think anyone out there knows what it means. Um, any podcast I listen to on this, everyone's just, oh, it's a frat style paddle and moves on. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Please explain. Yeah, I have absolutely no idea what that means. Um, I'm questioning what the fuck is that? So I couldn't find what a frat style paddle is. But frat anyways, style paddle. That's what hmm. everyone keeps saying it is. OK, I, I what the fuck is that? Well, it probably doesn't even super matter. We know that she's a no. bitch and she beat them again. Yeah. Um, so anyways, on another occasion in August, both girls were beaten approximately 15 times on the back with the same paddle after the girls had come home from church, a church function and Gertrude's daughter, Paula said she was disgusted with the amount of food the sisters ate at the dinner that was being held there. <sighs> now, this was clearly due to a lack of food that they were receiving at the home. Well, yeah, they were just hungry. Yeah. The girls were seriously hungry. And they are presented with a good meal by the church. Of course, they're going to indulge. It's not like they're committing a sin of gluttony. They're just literally hungry and ate a good meal. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyways. Which. Yeah. Which is I'm sure that the church would have wanted them to do. Exactly. And they got beaten for it by Gertrude. So. Hmm. I can see you're, you're shifting in I'm your chair. I'm uncomfortable. Your arms are crossed. You're sitting like <laughs> up straight. You're really stiff and you keep shifting in your chair. I'm uncomfortable. You shouldn't have warned me. Maybe. Okay, next time I'll just let you go well, in blind. no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, for whatever reason, Gertrude had begun to focus um, more of her abuse almost solely on Sylvia. Uh, this initial ab abuse included several different means of beatings, starvation, and when she did get food, it would often be forcing her to eat spoiled food even out of garbage cans. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm not too sure why the initial abuse began, or sorry, not the initial abuse, but the abuse began to target um, Sylvia more so than Jenny. Um, I do know that Sylvia began uh, getting a little bit uh, confrontational with Paula, not necessarily as like, she's a bitch and she's a bitch. It's like mm -hmm. they're teenage kids who are just living in a house too close together. They, they, well, she is older and then yeah. it's Jenny, right? Sorry. Jenny's the younger one, yes. Jenny also had... I don't know, the yeah. the limp and stuff. So She could have, yeah, not been targeting her for that. Mm -hmm. um, there's uh, a lot of different accusations out there about why, and there we don't really know why. Um, but the facts remain that she did solely begin to target Sylvia. So Sylvia was literally beginning to endure a literal hell at the hands of this woman. Oh, my gosh. Okay. 
Sylvia would also begin to be the subject of humiliation. At one point, she claimed to have a boyfriend in Long Beach, someone who she had apparently met the spring uh, before when her family was still in California. Gertrude Snidely, Snidely asked if she had ever done anything with a boy. And Sylvia being innocent and like fucking pure hearted as she is, had yeah. no idea what she was talking about. And she's like, I guess so. And recounted stories of going like skating and going to the park and the beach with some boys and stuff. So Aww. Uh, it eventually came up in conversation that she had laid under a blanket with her boyfriend. And Gertrude asked, why did you do that, Sylvia? To which Sylvia didn't really have a response. She was just kind of shrugging like, I don't know. Uh, so several days later, the same topic continued, and Gertrude looked at Sylvia and said, quote, you're certainly getting big in the stomach, Sylvia. Looks like you're going to have a baby. She then what? told her and the other girls that whenever you did something with a boy, they were sure to be have a baby, and then proceeded to kick Sylvia in the genitals repeatedly until she was done with it. During wow. which Gertrude's daughter, Paula, joined in, <gasps> knocked her off the chair that she was sitting in and shouted at her, you ain't fit to sit in the chair. Holy. So she's just teaching her kids to be right assholes as well. Oh, yeah. Well, and the thing is, oh. it's going to be repeating is Sylvia. She's a small, frail woman. She doesn't really have the strength to do a lot of these Sylvia? things. Or sorry, Gertrude. Oh, okay. Gertrude is a small, frail woman. Okay, okay. Um, and she doesn't really have the strength to do much of this stuff. So she's kind of like... Training her kids. Yeah, she's almost egging her kids on to do it for her. But these are seems. like the one... Like Paula was like a friend, right? Uh, initially, yes. Holy frick, I hate this. <laughs> what? I can tell. Well, yeah, I'm just like, okay. Oh, it's brutal. Trust okay. me, this woman is fucking vile. Fuck her. Well, like, I just don't even understand the point of this. Like, what's the point of this? Like, why? There's no answer Because you're that. just a disgusting piece of shit? Yes, basically. Okay. Good to know. Now, next door to the family, a couple by the name of Phyllis and Raymond Vermillion moved in. Phyllis saw the number of children Gertrude was caring for and thought she must be good with kids and came to the conclusion that she might be great for a babysitter for their children. No. Yeah. Don't do that. Run don't, away. Don't look at an individual and say, hey, you got 10 kids. You can take more. That's I not the right answer. I don't know if I would think that. Right? <laughs> I would like, be like, right? that person has a lot on their plate. I'll find someone else. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, don't do that. Um, and also, was the, not, was the outside of the house not disgusting? I'm sure it was. Or I mean, maybe not terrible, not as bad as the inside. I have no idea. Okay. Um, but anyways... The, the Vermillions arranged for a backyard barbecue so the two families could meet up, you know, have some fun, get to know each other and like actually mingle a little bit before, you know, any babysitting occurred, which is a good idea. That is very good. Yeah. Like it was, it's basically like going inside the house. Pretty much. Yeah. Which someone somewhere should have fucking done, mm -hmm. but they didn't. I'll get over it. No, you won't. <laughs> now, during this barbecue, uh, Phyllis noticed Sylvia had quite the pronounced black eye. And Aww. upon this noticing, Paula, the daughter, proudly announced to Phyllis that she was the one who gave it to her. Then, with Gertrude watching and not doing a fucking thing about it, Paula approached Sylvia with a glass of steaming water and threw it in Sylvia's face. In front of, like, these new neighbors and in shit? In front of the neighbors. In front of everybody. Just didn't give a shit and threw it in her face. Holy. And neither of the Vermillions reported this incident to authorities. Nothing was done. 
Wow. Not a fucking thing. Why not? Why would they just like hold that to themselves? I don't know. They're probably like, yeah, okay, yeah, they're not going to babysit our kids, but then did nothing? Yeah. Wow. Like they're just as bad. Yeah. And forewarning, that's a theme. Of them being just as bad? Of people just being being just as bad. Oh, what is up with that? Let's just say pretty much no one did anything. I and just a lot feel of like that's knew. something that just happens so often. People just like turn about, what is it called? A blind eye. Blind eye. Yeah. But or then or it's not even that. It's just like I feel like they're probably in their brain all like, oh, it's not that bad or like justifying things, right? When they yeah. shouldn't be. Yeah. But if you're know. ever worried or just like skeptical, like I feel like you should just do yeah. something rather than not. If something is off, something is off. Yeah. Do something. Call someone. Tell someone. Have a conversation about it. Stand up. Mm-hmm. 100%. So much of the escalation began uh, to often involve other kids in the house uh, taking part in Sylvia's beatings. Uh, eventually, it wasn't just the household taking part, but their friends and other kids in the neighborhood began taking part as well. Like I said, that theme of people just not doing anything. In fact, they're taking part. So, for instance, Gertrude, Paula, and a neighborhood boy named Randy Gordon, leper, forced fed Sylvia a hot dog and then loaded it. They loaded it with as much random fucking condiments they could find in the house. Things like mustard, ketchup, spices, fucking whatever was in the fridge and forced it down her throat and doing it so doing so as quickly as possible to the point she gagged and vomited up all over the place. Everything that they forced her to swallow, she just vomited it right back up. Wow. From there, they continued and forced her to consume the regurgitated hot dog and the bile that she had vomited out. Okay. It got worse. Oh, it's just starting. Okay, but oh my gosh, I just can't believe people are joining in. But then it's like if an adult's there and stuff and these other are just kids, like, or oh my Well, God. they're not just necessarily well, they're kids. Teenagers. They're teenagers. They would there's know kids, right and wrong. There's kids and there's teenagers. Yeah. Um, as far as I can tell, there's anyone raging between the age of 12 to I think 18 involved in this. Hmm. Okay. Neighborhood kids would come and take part more and more and be involved. Often Sylvia was being used as a punching bag and means of quote unquote practicing their judo whether they were actually taking judo classes or just throwing her around and calling it judo i couldn't find and clarify but sylvia was being thrown into walls on the floor being choked out and knocked out unconscious on a regular basis good lord surprised she didn't run away yeah now, in frustration, in frustration, her only means of retaliation, Sylvia apparently told some classmates at the high school she was attending that Stephanie and Paula were prostitutes. Now, I want to pause for a minute and clarify something really quick. I am using the word prostitute. Uh, sex workers is the appropriate term to use. The word prostitute is demeaning. And the only reason I am using it here is because that is a specific word they chose to use in a slanderous way in this case. This is a term they called each other in accusations. It's slanderous. I just think it's important to understand that. So I am using it because that is the word they used in the case. Okay. Okay. Well, and then this is quite a long time ago too, that maybe at that time that was the more known term too, uh, yeah, potentially, yeah. right? So. But um, regardless, it's the term they, they use. Yeah. That's why I'm using it. Okay, fair. 
Uh, so Stephanie found out about this uh, when a boy jokingly uh, propositioned her and then told her that Sylvia had spread the rumor. Stephanie's response was when she got home to punch Sylvia in the face, to which Sylvia began apologizing. However, Stephanie began to cry upon this as well. So the both girls are now crying. Stephanie and Sylvia. Now Stephanie's boyfriend, learning of the incident, learning that Sylvia spread a rumor, Sylvia made his girlfriend cry, the 15-year-old boyfriend, Coy Hubbard, went over to the house and attacked Sylvia, slapping her, punching her, banging her head against walls, and flipping her backwards onto the floor. I'm only presuming which were, quote-unquote, judo moves. Mm-hmm. Um, when Gertrude found out, she also beat Sylvia using the paddle again to do so. The whole rumor thing, though, about being being a sex worker is only coming from Stephanie. She very well could have made it up. Oh, just really? To get, just to get Sylvia beaten. There is no evidence pointing towards her ever spreading any rumor. Oh, geez. Okay, well, and like, I mean, these injuries and stuff have to be shown. Was like teachers not seeing this and stuff at school? I'm sure they were, but they weren't saying shit. Holy, because I just, and I can't believe that Sylvia didn't like go to a teacher. Yeah. Oh, because that's just so sad too. She there was are most likely terrified help. though. There are people out there that could have helped her possibly. But for anything she does, she's getting beaten. Could you imagine how brutally she would have gotten beaten if she went and told an authority figure? Yeah. Well, I mean, if they didn't help her right away, they'd have to just like remove her. But who knows if that would have happened. Exactly. So she's literally, quite literally just terrified living through hell. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know what to do. And she's young. That's yeah. young. Yeah. She's 16. Yeah. Yeah. So Gertrude began, well, she already began to accuse Sylvia of promiscuity with her boyfriend in the past spring incident thing. Uh, but now things got even heavier uh, on this front. Uh, it was a normal thing for her to accuse her of being a sex worker and, like I said, a quote unquote prostitute. Another addition to her torture was added when it was discovered Sylvia had stolen another student's clothing for gym class at school. Now, Sylvia needed the clothing to participate in gym class and certainly wasn't being provided with the clothes at home from Gertrude. So she resorted to the means that she, the only means she had to get them on her own, which was stealing them. Means, of course, that led to more torture at home and started a trend of putting out lit cigarettes on Sylvia's body. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Yeah. From there on, anyone smoking a cigarette in the house would put it out on her skin as a reminder not to steal and lie. As you can imagine, she endured the excess of hundreds of over 100 burns this way. Uh, after the theft incident, Gertrude decided Sylvia would be leaving, uh, would not be leaving again and going to school. She would stay in the house and endure absolute hell. No, so just removed her from school completely. Yeah. And she is not to leave the house now. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Okay. Now, there was on one incident where uh, Paula beat Sylvia in the face, targeting her eyes and mouth specifically, which such, such force that she broke her own wrist. In striking Sylvia's face. Holy crap. And of course, would later, once ha- once has a cast on it, she would use the cast to further beat Sylvia even more. What an idiot. Oh, yeah. Like, these people are absolutely fucking mm-hmm. horrendous. What's even worse, though? I mean, yes, these people are doing absolutely fucking horrendous things. But get this. The extremely fucked up thing about this is that while she was in the hospital getting the cast put on, she was bragging to the medical staff about how she broke her wrist. None of the medical staff did a fucking thing about it. Nothing. Oh Absolutely my gosh. So th- this shit. This is just like a trend. It's just going to be a trend. Oh, yeah. And like, had the parents not come back and stuff at all? Any more times? Um, I don't think they had. They might have come back once or twice or something, but they certainly had no Dang. idea what was going on. I couldn't find anything on how often they were returning or anything. Uh, but if they did return, they certainly had no inclination of what was happening. Hmm. To be at the hospital getting your cast on bragging about that is so disgusting. Yeah. Now, I could potentially see the staff being like, oh, she's blowing it out of proportion. Maybe she's gotten a fight in school and punched some girl and broke her wrist. Yeah. Like she's that might have been a, a reaction. Teenager or something. Yeah. But that reaction is a trend. It's happening more than just this case it's going to be happening farther we'll discuss it well there are so many instances in many of our cases that i just feel like if people had paid attention or like used a gut feeling or something like shit could be stopped if people even did the bare minimum yeah shit could have changed and stopped and you could have saved someone's life yes yeah now gertrude would also make false claims to her own kids on a whim that Either she herself or one of them had been receiving direct insults from Sylvia in hopes to provoke them into attacking Sylvia. Um, and again, like I say, it's probably because she's too weak to beat Sylvia herself. So she's trying to get her kids or whoever to do it for her. It's also reported that the neighborhood kids uh, that were coming around began getting charged five cents a piece to see the display of Sylvia being humiliated, beaten, burned and tortured. She quite literally was charging for people to see this. And there wasn't one of them that literally would go home and tell their parents about any of this? No. There is wow. one incident, which we'll touch on here, but um, That's it's That's mind-blowing. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, I don't know if it's like a mob mentality or something that started going on or what the fuck. I just can't understand or fathom how a group of individuals, kids or adults, could continue to do this and not think, hey, something's wrong here. Mm-hmm. But it is absolutely fucked up. Like maybe I won't be a piece of shit for like five minutes and like actually do something like a kind human. Yeah, maybe, but maybe not because clearly they didn't. 
Now, at one point, the humiliation um, that Sylvia endured included Gertrude forcing Sylvia to undress completely in front of a group of the teens in the living room and forcefully made her masturbate with a glass Pepsi bottle while everyone watched. What? Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, due to the increased frequency and the brutality of the torture Sylvia was subject to, she was gradually becoming incontinent, which is a medical diagnosis for losing control of your bladder um, due to trauma, essentially, which is a very normal reaction. So she began wetting the bed. And this enraged Gertrude even more. Oh, jeez. Yep. So Sylvia was then denied any access to the bathroom, being forced to quite literally just wet herself as a form of punishment for her own incontinence, which was quite literally Gertrude's fault in the first place. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um... I know you're being sarcastic, but fuck no, it doesn't. Yeah, I'm very sarcastic. (laughs) It makes absolutely no sense. I know. Uh, It was on October 6th when Gertrude decided Sylvia wasn't good enough to live with the rest of them and threw her into the basement and locked the door. Holy crap. Holy crap. What the frick is like her sister, I wonder, even doing at this point? A lot of the time, uh, Jenny was also being forced to take part in said beatings and if she didn't she would be told that if you don't take part i'm gonna beat you instead but still like how did she not say anything to anyone where is she gonna turn i don't know there just has to be someone that they can turn to we'll touch on it a little bit just just hold those horses for a minute or two so sylvia began to live down in the basement with no bathroom no bed no food or water she was left often nude Occasionally, Gertrude would throw a couple crackers or something down, some water or something uh, to Sylvia, but that was about it. She was left to defecate, urinate in corners on herself, wherever she was. Often she was tied up and she couldn't even go to a corner. It was left to do what she needed to do where she was. Now, during her captivity in the basement, Gertrude began a regiment of what she called cleansing she would bathe Sylvia in scalding hot water. Whoa. And Sylvia would have salt rubbed all over her body and into her lacerations and burns. And all of this was uh. done not just by Gertrude, but by the help of her kids and other neighborhood kids who were around as well. Wow. This is a whole new level of fucked up. Well, yeah, I cannot even comprehend that someone would ever do that to someone. I know. Like, I, ah, uh, yeah, I don't even know what to say. Holy shit. Yeah, that was my reaction. I, I now you know why I was having such a hard time researching this uh-huh. case. Well, this is like a living human being. And she sounded like she was just like the sweetest, most pure thing. Yeah. And like, I, I just, oh God, like, I just, I can't comprehend this. I know. Like that would just like, oh, kill like i can't imagine the pain that that would be causing like i can't imagine even i I can't imagine being in sylvia's shoes going through any of this i can't imagine being involved in taking part in any of this i can't imagine being someone who knows anything about this and not Mm -hmm. doing anything about it no the whole situation is so fucking that they got away with it is just fucked it and this what this goes on for a total of four months wow Four 
months. Four months that someone could have had the opportunity to stop this. And they didn't. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, sometime around this period, Jenny, Sylvia's younger sister, managed to get in contact with their older sister, Diana, who, like I said, was married and had a family of her own. Jenny told the horrors of what was going on and asked Diana to contact the police and come and rescue them. Diana didn't do that, though. She was thinking that Jenny was just upset for being punished or disciplined and was making up stories in an attempt to try and live with her sister instead. Are you kidding me? Dead serious. Like you're kidding? What? Dead serious. However, Diana didn't just do nothing, though. She went to visit her sisters. She went to see firsthand. And when she was met at the door with Gertrude, Gertrude refused to allow her into the home. Her first excuse, first thing that came to her mind, was that Lester, their father, told her not to allow Diana into the home. And she threatened to call the police and have Diana arrested for trespassing if she didn't leave. And Diana just like believed this and probably was mad at her dad and left? No, she was shocked and confused. Diana did leave because, I mean, she was being threatened for trespassing, right? Right, okay. But she didn't go far. She hid nearby until she spotted Jenny outside. So she approached Jenny to talk to her. Jenny quickly told Diana, her older sister, that she was not allowed to talk to her and quickly ran away. Clearly in fear of Gertrude. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so then what did Diana do? Well... Obviously concerned for the situation like this, Diana contacted social services. Okay, that's a good thing. That's definitely a good thing. Now, when a social worker arrived, Gertrude in, uh, told the social worker that she had kicked Sylvia out of the house for being a disgusting prostitute and that <laughs> Sylvia had run off somewhere. So she's not even in the house. Now, Jenny corroborated this story and told the social worker that Sylvia had indeed run away. And she did so under the threat from Gertrude that she would be stripped naked and join Sylvia in the basement if she did say anything about what was happening. And so the social worker just was like, okay. Well, the social worker, being such a good social worker, returned to their office and filed a report stating no more calls or visits needed to be made to the Bazinski residence. Wow. Good job. That is right? like, that is really doing your job fucking well. Fucking round of applause for that fucking cunt. Holy. Sorry for using Whoa. that word. Well, Ben. But yeah, like off. that. Did she even go in the house and look at anything? Nope. How is this nasty lady even so believable to people? I don't know. She, I just, I'm, I'm envisioning this disgusting human being mm -hmm. that just like. You could hardly look at without being just disgusted. And these people are believing her. Yep. Every little fucking step along the way. Wow. Okay. Now, also around this time, one of the neighborhood kids who had been by to see Sylvia, a 12-year-old girl named Judy Duke, went home and told her mother they were beating and kicking Sylvia. So this okay, is, so this one is, little girl did decide to tell her mom. This is the isolated incident that I mentioned that someone did say something. Thank you. To which their mother replied, that's what happens when someone was punished. Okay. Yeah. Good job. Probably. Mom. Yeah. Not that, not that I'm saying that their response is okay, but probably assuming the kid was like blowing it out of proportion and just like, oh yeah, the kid probably was just getting a spanking or something. Thinking that. Doesn't mean it's okay, the mom's response. 
Don't get me wrong there. But probably just assuming that the kid being young was just, you know, blowing it out of proportion. So regardless, <sighs> didn't fucking do anything. Didn't fucking say anything. Let it be again. Mm-hmm. So. And then where did the older sister go? Just let it be too? Well, uh, she's called a social or social worker. So she's done her job. Uh, pretty much as far as I could tell. <sighs> I mean, what's she going to do? I don't know. I would find a freaking way, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I would just rage, I feel like. But then, I don't know. Maybe it would get me in jail. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. But hashtag almost like worth it, really. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so all the while, Sylvia continued to endure um, every ounce of torture she was put through. One occasion, Gertrude and her 12-year-old son, John Jr., rubbed urine and feces from Gertrude's one-year-old son's diaper onto Sylvia's face and in her mouth while she was tied up in the basement. And then she gave her a cup half filled with water and stated that water was all she would get for the remainder of the day. Awesome. Yeah. Now, who, Gertrude... Who is that having kid? Like, is there a husband? Uh, no, she's a single mom. She claimed to be dating some dude still um, with the last name Wright. Uh, she would often go by uh, Gertrude Wright rather than the Kaczynski uh, or whatever the fuck her last name is. I can't remember at the top of my head. Um, but she often claimed to go by that last, that last name and that he was overseas in some fucking war or something. Oh, but her okay. most recent kid, her youngest one-year-old, had the Wright last name. So it was probably just some fling with some dude. But the rest of her kids all had the same name from another guy. But she went through multiple marriages and she was currently a single mother of seven. Okay. Yep. Okay. That explain it? Yeah. Okay. So Gertrude in late October eventually decided to allow Sylvia to sleep upstairs again on the condition that she learned not to wet herself. That's the condition. Now, Jenny trying to do the right thing and being a good sister took the opportunity to sneak her severely malnourished and dehydrated sister a glass of water before bed. And unfortunately, the following morning, Gertrude found that Sylvia had wet the bed again. Oh, dang it. Yes. So as a punishment, Sylvia was forced to once again insert an empty glass bottle into herself in front of Gertrude and was... And others and sent back into the basement. Wow. See, okay, I just can't I, I guess my I asked that too because I can't fathom that seven that she could that someone would want to even have sex with her seven times. Like <laughs> yeah. I I just like it's just so disgusting. And like she's so I've just really painted a disgusting picture in my head here. Well, there is um there's a lot of theories going around with um because she often accused Sylvia of her promiscuity and quote unquote, being a prostitute as much as she did, that she's projecting a lot of these things onto Sylvia because that's what she was. What do you mean? Sorry, I'm That confused. Gertrude was in fact the promiscuous one, that Gertrude was previously a sex worker, that Gertrude was all these things that she's accusing Sylvia of being. Oh, I see. Okay. Is in fact what she is or was. Oh, okay. Interesting. Huh. There is no evidence for that. I want to state that clearly, but those are theories and discussions. Oh, okay. So. Okay. Hmm. Uh, so shortly after being sent to the basement, uh, Gertrude was then ordered to return upstairs to the kitchen. Like this is like pretty much immediately sort of thing. And then demanded to strip naked. Sylvia was ordered to come up. Yes. Okay. 
Sorry, I thought you said Gertrude. Gertrude ordered her oh, okay, to come okay. up. Sorry, I might have said that wrong. Okay. But Gertrude ordered Sylvia to return upstairs to the kitchen and demanded her to strip naked. Then Gertrude said to Sylvia, quote, and again, this is directly from the trial. You have branded my daughters. Now I'm going to brand you. Oh, no. Okay. I was like, no, 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 no. But yeah, it's okay. Well, you saw the Instagram picture, right? Uh, I don't think I... You don't really, think you did? I liked it, but I don't think I really looked at it, which is so terrible. <laughs> well, Gertrude took a glowing hot needle and began to carve the words, I'm a prostitute and proud of it, into Sylvia's abdomen. That's so much. Yeah. Like, okay, first of all, that's so brutal. But then why are we re- like a whole freaking paragraph into a freaking. Because fuck Gertrude. That's why. Because <sighs> she's a bitch. Wow. Yeah. Uh, now, Gertrude, being as weak as she was, she was unable to finish the branding, though. Uh, she, like I said, rather weak and frail. Uh, so she uh, asked for help. When she got about halfway through branding, she instructed one of the neighborhood boys present, a 14-year-old Richard Dean Hobbs, to finish etching the words into Sylvia's skin. Which he's like, okay. And does it. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. What an idiot. Yeah. And at one point, apparently, he needed to ask how to spell prostitute because he's a fucking moron. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, well done. Now, Gertrude actually went to the store while he finished this off or something like that. Um, but when, once he finished it up, both him and 10-year-old Shirley Bozinski branded the letter F- S beneath Sylvia's left breast as well with a red hot bolt however the 10 year old Shirley messed up the s and it resembles a three now instead so they just decided to take matters in their own hands and go even further yeah and, and they just, didn't even need their mom there correct or they're the, just like whatever, oh let's just name, brand yeah. her more well um the hobbs guy what was his name richard hobbs uh he finished his branding but then the 10 year old wanted to brand an s on her so he mm-hmm. helped her brand an s on her which turned into a three because they couldn't do a fucking s Yeah. So Gertrude later taunted Sylvia about the branding, saying she would never be able to marry due to the words carved on her stomach. And I quote, she said this to her, Sylvia, what are you going to do now? You can't get married now. What are you going to do? And a crying, sobbing Sylvia replied, I guess there's nothing I can do. Oh my gosh, that breaks my heart. That is absolutely heartbreaking Mm -hmm. because i know she's not just talking about the branding she's talking about the whole situation she's in yeah she knows that there's nothing she can do yeah like my heart's pretty much in my stomach right now yeah so that night sylvia confided in her sister and told her jenny and again this is a quote directly from the trial so this is what jenny is recounting jenny I know you don't want me to die, but I'm going to die. I can tell it. Oh, my gosh. I can't. (laughs) Yeah, this is a fucking heavy case. So Sylvia clearly wasn't the only one who was aware that she was going to die soon because Gertrude forced Sylvia to write a letter, a letter that said this. To Mr. and Mrs. Likens, I went with a gang of boys in the middle of the night. 
and they said they would pay me if I would give them something. So I got in the car and they all got what they wanted. And when they got finished, they beat me up and left sores on my face and all over my body. And they also put on my stomach. I'm a prostitute and proud of it. I have done just about everything that I could just to make Gertie mad and cause Gertie more money than she's got. I've tore up new mattresses and peed on it. I've also cost Gertie doctor bills that she really can't pay and made Gertie a nervous wreck and all of her kids. That is a letter that Gertrude forced Sylvia to write in anticipation that Sylvia was going to be dying soon. Mm -hmm. So the letter clearly was intended to mislead any investigation and her parents into thinking that she would run off with some random fucking group of boys and they did this to her. Although clearly, I mean, that letter is fucking sus at best. <laughs> it's, well, it doesn't even make any sense. It does not make any sense. First of all, you're going to tell me that Sylvia is going to address her parents to Mr. and Mrs. Likens. Are you like, yeah, really? right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Shit ain't right. No. So. And I hope that it's very clear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, now Gertrude was then deciding that she was going to ditch Sylvia to die somewhere. Uh, she was going to oh, have wow. her kids blindfold Sylvia and take her to a local nearby uh, forest called Jimmy's Forest and leave her there. She was literally going to abandon her. Holy when she's this injured. <laughs> yep. Now, hearing these plans, though, Sylvia tried to escape on October 25th, but was far too weak to get anywhere and was caught. Again, Dang. this enraged Gertrude. So she forced fed Sylvia toast, which in my opinion is her first um, kind of like panic moment uh, in like a last ditch effort to try and cover her ass by resuscitating Sylvia, by giving her nourishment to being like shit. Like she's going to be dying soon. Like I'm like, she's going to die. What am I going to do? I got to, I got to try and make her better. I got to try and make her not die. So, so this is literally at this point she's starting to realize and panic? I think so. This, that's my theory. So Gross. However, Sylvia couldn't eat it. The toast was too dry and she was too dehydrated and far too weak. She couldn't eat. This only made Gertrude more angry. Oh. And she began to beat Sylvia across the face with a curtain rod until the curtain rod was misshapen and bent over extremely from striking Sylvia repeatedly. By the wow. morning of October 26th, Sylvia's condition worsened. She was unable to speak or maneuver herself. She was quite literally withering away. Again, Gertrude tried to feed Sylvia. She attempted to feed her a donut and a glass of milk, but Sylvia was unable to eat or drink, and Gertrude just threw her back in the basement as a result. Shortly after, at 5.30 p.m., Sylvia was brought back up to one of the bedrooms, and Sylvia muttered a sentence wishing, quote, Daddy was here. Oh, my gosh. Then one of the daughters, Stephanie, realized that Sylvia had stopped breathing. In a desperate attempt, she began CPR and Gertrude began shouting at her faker, faker, and proceeded to beat her lifeless body with a book. What? Yes. What? Yes. It didn't take long, though, for Gertrude to realize 
the situation at hand and that she wasn't faking. And as it sunk in, she began to panic and she ordered Richard Hobbs to call the police. Why? Okay. This doesn't make any sense to me that at this moment in time, they would like realize they fucked up. Yep. Like, is that a joke? Like, an a, what? Yeah. Doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, Only I, I the can't. day before she died of her injuries, starvation, dehydration, all this. She starts trying to feed her. After they've been doing this for four months. Like, what did they think was going to happen? Right? Like, it makes no fucking sense. Like, it's absolutely fucking horrendous that anyone could do this to anyone and think this way. Mm -hmm. Uh, So anyways, police arrived at approximately 6.30 p.m. And they were led to Sylvia's brutally withered and mutilated body. And Gertrude was quick to hand over the letter she had forced Sylvia to write the days prior. Oh my gosh. Gertrude also went on to tell police how she had been trying to care for Sylvia and doctoring her for more than an hour before she passed away. She did all this, uh, but her first aid attempts were useless and she passed away anyways. Now, in the midst of everything that was going on while this was all happening, Jenny went up to one of the officers and whispered to one of the police, quote, get me out of here and I will tell you everything. Oh my gosh, which I just feel like, why did she not do that earlier? I mean, I get, I get that she was in this the worst position possible. She was, she absolutely was. She really was. was. Like, I'm not blaming her in any sense, but it's just like, gosh, could someone not have whispered that to someone earlier? Yeah. And total props to her. Because like I said, she did reach out to her older sister. She, she did, did try. She did try. And she, she was tried. in this absolutely horrendous atmosphere with this absolutely horrendous fucking monster mm-hmm. of what is supposed to be a human being. And I don't just mean her. There was just so many like other children and yes. stuff too. Like, oh. No one did anything. Some people tried and some people were very restricted. But those who were not restricted didn't try. Like I just – and I can't even imagine. I feel like all these people – how can they even like live their life fully after this when they realize what they've done? I know. Like, do they just go on living like it's nothing or did it actually affect them? We'll touch on that a little bit at the end, at least a couple of them. Uh, so anyways, needless to say though, the police learned about it and they realized what was actually be going, actually going on. And they began making the arrest. Uh, Gertrude, Paula, Stephanie, John Hobbs and Hubbard, were arrested for murder. Other neighborhood children present at the time, Mike Monroe, Randy Lepper, Duke, and Cicero were arrested for injury to a person. An autopsy of Sylvia showed over 100 cigarette burns on her body, in addition to various second and third degree burns. She had multiple severe lacerations, contusions, and bruising, Muscle and nerve damage was severely malnourished and dehydrated. She had bit through her lips, nearly severing each of them. Her vaginal cavity was nearly swollen shut. Holy. And an examination did determine that her hymen was still intact, not proving, but largely discrediting uh, Gertrude's assertion that Sylvia was a prostitute uh, and her insistence that she was pregnant. So... Oh, the and like the person doing this autopsy must have just been like appalled. Oh, I can't imagine. And like to just see someone in that state that someone I, else had done this to them. I can't imagine. 
I can understand decomposition or something is going to be gross, but this, this is far beyond just, you know, gross, right? This is like, wow. This would literally make you question the whole world. Oh yeah. This is making me question the whole world and I'm not even there at the autopsy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the official cause of death for Sylvia was brain swelling, internal hemorrhaging of the brain and shock. Oh, the poor thing. And side note, um, it was actually Gertrude's daughter, Paula, who was pregnant this whole time. Paula was three months pregnant around the time of the initial start of Sylvia's torture after a fling with a middle-aged married man. Seriously. Seriously. And did the mom know? I would assume yes. I mean, by the time Whoa. it's trial, so you're now talking like so four almost, months later plus three months. So it's like this, she's basically about to give birth. It's almost well. like they're just take just taking everything out on Sylvia that didn't even. The, that she didn't do, but yeah, they like all did. Everything in the whole world was just like taken out on her. Yeah. And it seemed like when they took something out on her, it wasn't like they got their frustrations out. It's like, oh, I'm, I need to get my frustrations out and I'm going to beat her or whatever, like a punching bag. And then, okay, I'm, I'm relaxed. I'm good. I got it out of my system. It's like it almost made it worse. It made them hungry to do it again. Yeah. Which is fucked. Yeah, it's very fucked up. I mean, it's fucked to do that to begin with. But the, the fact that it made them hungry to do it again is so beyond fucked. <sighs> Anyways, we're going to go on to the trials here. And I'm not going to touch on it too much because I don't want to fucking talk about those people anymore. Um, we're going to talk about the basics and get right down to what they served mostly. Uh, So in 1970, during the trial, Gertrude and her attorney pointed the finger at her children, claiming she didn't know (laughs) any of this was going on and she had nothing to do with it. And then they portrayed her as weak, chronically ill and incapable of preventing, or sorry, preventing uh, any of the abuse uh, that was being perpetuated in her house. That even, I'm sorry, but even that attorney right there, I'm just like asshole. Oh, the attorney right there, Gertrude there, both pointing at the kids. It's like, oh yeah, you're a great mom. That's absurd. Yeah. Um, the children's attorneys, of course, ported the finger at Gertrude and the other kids, no one willing to take any of the blame and claiming they didn't have any part of it until 11 year old Marie Bozinski was called to the stand. Is that the one that told the mom or no? Uh, no. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Who's that then? Sorry. This is, uh, one of Gertrude's daughters, one oh, of the seven okay. children. Okay. Uh, so initially Marie backed up everything her mother said until cross-examination occurred then suddenly she screamed and i quote god help me before admitting everything on the stand she said that everything she had prior said to or said was a lie and went on to recount in graphic details how her mother siblings beat tortured and eventually murdered sylvia just like broke under yeah. pressure really up there, yeah. which is good. Yeah. And this account was largely responsible for the final verdict, which. Which is interesting though, because lots of times they don't take children's words like that. Well, in a, They're on a fucking stand like that. And they break down, said everything I said was a lie. Here's the fucking truth. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Well, and I think it's probably pretty obvious to a lot of people as well who were investigating. Yeah. So Paula was convicted of second-degree murder. Uh, She eventually did repeal and was granted a new trial. 
um, the appeals came in because they, the trial actually occurred in the same state and area where the incident happened. So most of the people um, who were in the, uh, I can't think of the word, the people, the the citizens. Jury? Jury, thank you. Okay. Uh, most of the jurors were actually people who knew of the case before even going in. And it needs to be a jury who is, you know, completely neutral, right? So these people were actually technically biased because of the news media and everything coming out. Uh, okay. uh, so, I mean, fair enough. They would have been biased regardless. They would have been, but, but fair enough. So uh, the appeal, they got a new trial because of that. Um, but before the new trial began, uh, she struck a plea bargain and pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter. So Paula served only three years in prison and was then paroled. And like she's the end of had a baby. Had a baby, probably. I'm assuming she had her baby. I didn't find anything about that, but yes. Uh, John Bozinski, uh, Coy Hubbard, and Richard Hobbs were each convicted of voluntary manslaughter and sentenced to 18 months in juvenile detention facility. Wow. Wow. Disgusting. Uh, Gertrude herself was found guilty of murder in the first degree uh, now, to the shock of literally everyone in Indianapolis, uh, she did not receive the death penalty at the time, but rather life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. But eventually walked out of prison on parole anyways on December 4th, 1985. Why? So How on earth would she have gotten out? Then that wasn't even in there very long then. 15 years. <laughs> okay, that's a joke. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, she traveled to Iowa under the new name Nadine Van Fossen, uh, where she eventually died of lung cancer in 1990. So at least, at the very least, though it's not fucking much, she's in the fucking ground. Um, so yeah. I can't believe she got out. That That is mind-blowing. I know. It's absolutely fucking that disgusting. so, wow. It's, like I said, disgusting is what that is. Yeah. Now, where her kids are now is largely unknown. Like you're saying, where these people are, you know, have their lives changed, whatever. Um, now, Paula moved to Iowa and assumed a new identity. Internet rumors claim that she is still alive and lives on some farm somewhere in Iowa countryside. Uh, Stephanie, or Stephanie apparently became a school teacher and assumed a new name. That's a fucking school teacher. Oh, that's teacher, so scary. Right? It's fucking great. There should be absolutely no way. Uh, yeah. Uh, John changed his name to John Blake and worked as a truck driver before he became a real estate agent and a lay minister. And now he was the 12 year old at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, so he was 12 at the time this occurred and has since taken responsibility of what he has done to heart and quite serious. And he has turned his life around and trying to do good. He's one of the few people that we know of who is actually, um, willing to take what he did and really try and repent for it. So. So that is good, at least. It's good, but I just, like, don't know if I could forgive that. I need some time. Mm -hmm. Now, as for Sylvia, her case is the reason for an implemented law change in Indiana. Now, the law now states, because of this case, that professionals that know about abuse are legally obligated to report it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Good. Yes. That's so. very good. Now, she officially passed away on October 26 of 1965 at the age of 16. She was buried in Oak Hill Cemetery in Boone County, Indiana. She also has a memorial a memorial in Indianapolis, Indiana, with an inscription that reads this. I see a light, hope. I feel a breeze, strength. I hear a song, belief. Let them through, for they are the welcome ones. Oh, gosh. Okay. And that is the case of Sylvia Likens, the brutal fucking murder mm-hmm. of Sylvia Likens. Yep. So oh. I really hope you guys were able to get through this and stomach it. And I really hope that this one um, doesn't drag you down. But I do also really hope that people remember Sylvia because this is absolutely horrendous. And I think more people need to know about her case and what she endured. Well, yeah, I think she was the light. Yeah. Like the, I mean, full disclosure, like I, we had to stop this at one point because I was like pretty much bawling my face off. So you're not alone. Yeah. Because I'm sure that I was not the only one. No, this one, it caught me off guard. Yeah, I had, like I said, I had to take a whole extra day for it because I needed to take some deep breaths. I needed to make sure I got the research right for Sylvia. Mm-hmm. I needed that extra time. And if you need extra time after listening to this, absolutely rightfully so. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's just un- it's unthinkable that that could even happen in this world. Yeah. So, well, I do think that you, I don't even know what to say here, but like you did well for Sylvia. So thank you. Um, that would not have been easy to research. That's for sure. No, it was not. Um, but you also have a case coming up that is not easy to research. Uh, I know. Uh, because maybe we, it's going to be late now because I can't do this tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, we don't generally say in episodes what's coming up next, but I think we should for this one because it's it's a big one. Yeah, well, it's probably one of our main requested ones, and it's interesting in the sense that we do know quite a bit about it because it happened. The case happened like it's quite close nine hours away from us or so, right? It's quite close. It's quite close to home. Yeah, yeah. And so it's the Robert Picton case. Uh, So the probably the most infamous case in British Columbia where we reside. So well, yeah, in Canada, I think too. Like I have to look that up specifically, but most of the things I'm researching says Canada. So oh, yeah, I would probably say so. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty bad one too. So we have that one coming up down so the pipes for you guys. We're just not giving you guys any breaks here. No. We need to find another one like the maple syrup ice, please. Yeah, maybe a nice family-friendly crime. Because <laughs> that one, I don't know. I, I, lo- I love that one. It's just too good. Yeah. So anyways, you guys, thank you very much for enduring. If you made it this far, uh, good for you. Pat on the back. Uh, and I'm sure Sylvia thanks you as well for for hearing out her full story. Uh, if you guys want to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, all that sort of stuff, I'm not going to sit here and and do a big spiel on follow us here and there. All of our stuff is down below. You know where to find it. Check you us know. out. And of course, we thank you for being here. Thank you for listening and stay wicked. Stay wicked.